Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. The Danny Mac Show with BK Podcast, powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. Welcome into the show. It's the Friday edition of the Danny Mac Show minus BK. BK is going to take the weekend off, and it's uh, just about here, the all-star break. So BK has the day off. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Tanner is with us as we come your way on 101 ESPN. It's a day game for the St. Louis Cardinals. We're going to dive into that. Brad Thompson, my partner on Valley Sports Midwest, he'll be the uh, analyst on the pregame show, which can be seen at 1230. He'll jump on the show today and talk about the Cubs and the Cardinals and what might happen with the Chicago Cubs. We have talked about this so much. They have a ton of free agents coming up. They are struggling. They lost again last night. And uh, what are they going to do? ESPN 1000's David Kaplan will help preview the game today, the series this weekend, but also what may happen with the Chicago Cubs. Last night, the Cubs lost blank by the Phillies, 8 to nothing. They're now 0-6-1 in their last seven series, thanks to former Cardinal Brad Miller. Oh, my gosh. He crushes it to right field. It's a three-home run game. Off the lineup on the scoreboard. They better get a third homer hat. Brad Miller is living his best life. Another two-run home run, and the Phillies lead it 6-0. So it was a three-home run night for Brad Miller at Wrigley, and the Cubs tried to regroup today. The Cubs and Cardinals entered this series with the exact same record, and they're both nine and a half games out in the Central Division. The Cardinals win this series. They take the lead over the Cubs during the All-Star break, and that is something that they have not done since 2015. Now, the Cubs, one of the things that they really do is play well at home. They're 27-16 and 16 on the road, only 16 wins. The Cardinals have lost 5-6 of six to the Cubs so far this season. They dropped 2-3 at Bush Stadium earlier in May and then were swept at the reopening of Wrigley Field in Chicago. The Cubs have outscored the Cardinals, by the way, in the season series 32-13. Pitching matchup today, the Cardinals have the lefty Wade LeBlanc. He's had 123 career starts, but none of them at Wrigley. So far, two starts in the Cardinals rotation, 10 innings, 7 hits. Uh, He's given up a home run, but that's been it. The one thing that he does do, and we've talked about this so much, he throws strikes. 64% strikes in his two starts. It's exactly what the Cardinals needed, so Wade LeBlanc will go today. Meanwhile, for the Cubs, it's Kyle Hendricks. He made his Major League debut seven years ago tomorrow, July 10th, 2014. He has always pitched well against the St. Louis Cardinals. For whatever reason, he's always pitching well against St. Louis. He struggled in April, didn't have to face the Cardinals team that he always picks apart but he's had 22 starts against the Cardinals a 2-8-2 ERA 11-3 the Cubs in those games when he starts they are 16-6 what about the all-stars for these two teams kind of identical you have third baseman Nolan Arenado it'll be his sixth all-star game 
And on the other side, it's Chris Bryant, who's third base, left field. He can play center. He's played right. Played a lot of right in the first series against the Cardinals. And then you have a couple of guys, and it's interesting to see their uh, career trajectory paths, especially how they've gotten on track here in 2021. But it's the closers. And uh, you've got one of the best closers in baseball for a long time. That's Craig Kimbrell. And uh, he was one of the best, I mean, for a long, long time. Then he came to, uh, to the Cubs. 2019, kind of a disaster. 2020 wasn't much better. 2021, he's not only back to his old days, he might even be better. First in ERA, second in whip. Swing and miss percentage is about 50% of the time. And then on the other side, you have Alex Reyes. And what a weird, strange trip it's been to get him uh, to this all-star game. He made his de- uh, debut five years ago, one month ago, and he's had all those injuries. But so far this year, 38 games, a 1-5-2 ERA, and he's striking out uh, just about 12 per nine. Mike Schilt was on MLB na- uh, Network Radio uh, yesterday and talked about his relationship with Alex Reyes and what this means to see him go to the All-Star game. Oh, he's elated. It was a real honor to be able to share that with him in Colorado um, and make the All-Star team which will be in Colorado, of course. But um, had the privilege to be with Alex and, you know, earlier part of his career, got to manage him in, in AAA, um, then got to be a part of, you know, three years of setback um, where he just, you know, one thing led to another and just wasn't able to perform on the field and know what's frustrating for them. Everybody's going to be frustrated when they can't do something they love they know they're good at, but, you know, especially with Alex, he did come up to the big leagues and perform well at the bullpen um, when he first came up and, and, you know, look, his talent's clear, um, but then, you, you know, when you have those three years where you just really can't get back to the to the place where you know you can excel and want to help the team, because Alex is a very team-oriented guy, is a high competitor, um, you know, wants to wants to enjoy his skill set at the highest level and, and you know, he's had multiple setbacks, but was able to be a little small part of his journey to see how he went about it, see how he overcame it in the, in the lows, which were multiple. See how a guy has a heart of a lion to continue to compete and come back. And, you know, that's a, it's a hard thing to come back from, you know, an injury for a year, much less, you know, part to three. So, you know, he gets back last year, has a good year, better as he went, got stronger, was good for us last year. Um, was a guy that we were trusting the back end of, in the playoffs and we played San Diego and then um, started the season with him as our closer. You know, starter stuff, four elite pitches, but um, just want to build him back up and get his innings in. And he took to the role of closer um, really, really well. He's got a, got a great competitive spirit and getting the pitches to match it. So, you know, big smile to his face, a couple big hugs, and um, just super happy for him. Well it has been an amazing story. That is Alex Reyes, and uh, a great story. Great kid. It's awesome to see what he's doing. So it's the Cubs and the Cardinals today. Something to consider about uh, the bullpen. By the way, they should get some help today. Johan Oviedo, option to the minor leagues. That allows him to make a start down there during the break, but still uh, stay on track and be back in time for his next start in the big leagues. Uh, there were some crazy games in baseball last night, but none crazier than what happened with the San Diego Padres and Max Scherzer and the Washington Nationals. The Padres were down 8 nothing in the game. Camarena to deep right field! Camarena plays it, San Diego! Are you kidding me? The Padres pitcher that is brought up from El Paso, the San Diego kid. Set a grand slam! That's unbelievable! Oh my gosh! 
Scherzer! San Diego winds up winning that game. They're now 52-38. and 38. They're four games out in the West. The Dodgers a game back to San Francisco, and the Giants are 54-32. and 32. We mentioned the Central. Milwaukee, they have a seven-game lead over Cincinnati, nine and a half in front of the Cubs and the Cardinals. Meanwhile, the Mets, they are four in front of the Phillies, four and a half in front of Atlanta and Washington. In the American League West, Houston, a four and a half game lead. That is over Oakland. Seattle is eight out. The White Sox have opened up a seven and a half game lead over Cleveland. Tony LaRusso's team already at 50 wins. Matter of fact, 51 and 35. And in the American League East, Boston over Tampa Bay, two and a half game lead. Toronto eight and the Yankees, two games above 500, but yet they are nine games out. Coming up, it'll be David Kaplan of ESPN 1000. We're going to dive into what's happening with the Cubs and the Cardinals from Wrigley Field today. And again, you can see that game on Valley Sports. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Now, this is what's getting interesting going into the series with the Chicago Cubs. Both teams, nine and a half games back. And you have heard uh, Jesse Rogers on 101 ESPN a bunch. He had a great story today on ESPN.com. After five playoff appearances in six years, half dozen seasons of playing important September games, he said, the Cubs could be for an overhaul, a major one, and that's according to team president Jed Hoyer. Quote, 11 days ago, we were fully on the buy side of this transaction, and everyone was calling about that. This is what he said yesterday to reporters on the field at Wrigley. Obviously, people are now people are now calling to see which players are available, so it's a very different scenario than we expected. Life comes at you fast. 11 games changes a lot of things. So Jed Hoyer saw his team go from first place in the National League to eight and a half games out in the span of a couple weeks, and that was an 11-game uh, losing streak, and now it's nine and a half. At the top of other teams' wish lists, according to Jesse, Craig Kimbrell, Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, Anthony Rizzo, uh, Andrew Chafin is a lefty reliever who's having all uh, a very good season, and all of them will be free agents after the year. So it'll be really interesting to see what they're going to do. And uh, to find out more about what they may do, let's bring in David Kaplan from ESPN 1000. I've known David forever. Uh, David, Thanks for hopping on with us, and uh, how you doing? Things, Danny Mac, are going well. Uh, my dead-ass baseball team just got off an 11-game losing streak. Thank goodness my life is not mirroring how they're playing. What has happened with the Cubs? At one point, they were so good, and then all of a sudden, they lose 11 straight. What's happened with the Chicago Cubs? Well, I think that they feel like there is a guillotine blade over the doorway in the clubhouse and they're just waiting to see who's going to get chopped because the trade deadline's what three weeks away here we are on the 8th of july so it's 22 days from now and look the the losing streak just crystallized management's grand plan when they put this whole team together they're not good enough they're not re-signing a lot of these guys who are free agents and they're moving in a different direction so I think it's absolutely weighing on these guys. There's enough talent there that they should never lose 11 games in a row. So who is the the first domino to fall 
in terms of uh, some of these deals that you're hearing about? Uh, I don't know who the first one to go, the biggest one to go. Uh, Buster only said it the other day. I've been preaching it for a month. Craig Kimbrell is the single biggest trade deadline chip in all of baseball. He is the best closer in the game today. I'm not telling you he's the best closer next year. I'm telling you the way he's throwing the ball right now, there's no one better in the game. And so if you are the Oakland A's, the Houston Astros, even the Chicago White Sox who have Liam Hendricks, and you go, I can make it a seven-inning game if I pay the price to get Kimbrell. This guy is throwing the best I've ever seen him throw. 99 miles an hour with ridiculous movement. And we'll see where it goes, but he's their biggest trade ship. What about like Bryant, uh, Rizzo, Baez, those guys, Jock Peterson, all on one-year deals? What do you think about those guys' position players? So if you look at those guys, Javi Baez has an on-base percentage. I checked it again yesterday, 280. 280. Now, this is a guy who thinks he's going to get paid crazy money i just don't see it he's a very good baseball player he plays with a lot of passion and swag and he's a great guy but are you giving that 200 million dollars i'm not i'm just not there's more to it than just swag and hitting 32 bombs and driving in 80 when you don't get on base you swing at pitches that are nowhere near the strike zone i just i think you can do better Chris Bryant now is dealing with a strained right hamstring. He left the game yesterday. He is fairly injury prone. That's just a fact. Um, But he's a really talented player. He was an MVP candidate at the end of May when the Cubs had the best record in the National League in May. Well, guess what he hit in June? 114. He hit 114 for a month. So are you overpaying for a guy for three months? You'll give something up because he's incredibly versatile. And he is a talented guy. Anthony Rizzo's missed multiple games this year with a tight back. So are you giving up a lot for a 32-year-old first baseman? Unless there's an injury that happens where you're begging for a first baseman, I'm not sure they're going to get a haul for him. Wilson Contreras is the guy I would have at the top of my list to re-sign. He is our version. Again, I think Yadi Moline is going in on the first ballot. I'm not telling you Wilson's that good, but he's our version of Yadi Molina. He's 28. He's a beast. He's tough, pre- uh, passionate. He can hit. He can throw. He started the last two All-Star games. So that's the first guy I would not move. But everybody else on my roster, if I'm Jed, I'll trade anybody. Do you think they're going to get uh, fair market value for Bryant Rizzo Baez. Now that the the time is gone, now I mean, you know, the time to trade him was in the off season or prior to COVID hitting, because then you had cost uh, control. I do not think they're going to get fair market value because they waited too long. Look, our own team president, who I love, and if I owned a team, I'd want him in my front office. But let's just call the facts here. Theo had a press conference at the end of 2018 when we were beaten in the division tiebreaker game at home by the Brewers. So they won the division on our field. I think we scored one run. And then the next day played the Colorado Rockies in the wildcard game on our field. And we scored one run again. And Theo said, 
Our offense is broken. That's just a fact. And their answer to, to fixing that was giving a two-year deal to Daniel Descalso, right. who was horrific here. So if your offense is broken and you know that three years down the road your guys are going to be free agents, shake it up. Make a bold trade. They didn't do that. David Kaplan, my guest, ESPN 1000, Cardinals and Cubs coming up from Wrigley uh, later today. I'm, I'm fascinated what they do. I'm fascinated with the Chicago Cubs, generally speaking. Uh, you and I have talked about it. We've gone back and forth for many, many years about the, the Cubs-Cardinal rivalry. It's one of the best in baseball. But I am fascinated as to why the Cubs fell off precipitously from where they were. Um, offensively, I look at the pitching staff. Now Kimbrell's doing his thing back into games, but I, I just can't. And but believe me, I'm not taking you know saying the Cardinals are the 27 Yankees here. I'm just trying to figure out what happened with the Cubs and why this happened. Uh, what happened with the Cubs is that they did a horrible job in player development, and that's just a fact. Prior to Adbert Alzali, who will pitch Thursday night in the series finale against the Phillies. Uh, Adbert Alzali is the first meaningful pitcher in nine years since Theo and Jed arrived to occupy a spot in our rotation. They have had Rob Zestrizny throw a few innings, and now he's, I don't even think he's in the sport anymore. Other than that, nobody. And then look at their player draft record. Their first round pick in 2012, their first pick, it's number six overall, first draft run by Theo and his team was Albert Elmora. That's a horrific draft pick. 2013, the Houston Astros took Mark Appel, maybe the worst number one overall pick ever. The Cubs got Chris Bryant at number two. What if the Astros had taken Bryant? The Cubs have admitted they were going to take Mark Appel. Well, we would never have had a championship because Chris Bryant was the MVP in 16. In 2014, they overdrafted Kyle Schwarber. Number four overall, stop yourself. And then in 2015, they drafted Ian Happ, number nine. He's hitting a buck 80. So their draft record, not too good. What's happened with Ian Happ? I, I thought he was the best player the Cubs had a year ago. I, and again, I saw it limited, but really good, obviously, against the Cardinals. But you mentioned the numbers. He struggled this year. What's going on with him? Look, I like Ian Happ. I do. He's a really good guy. He's athletic. I think he plays a solid outfield. He can also come in and play some second. He just stinks offensively. And I'm not, I'm just telling you the facts. If Ian Happ was sitting right here, he might go, whoa, being a little harsh, aren't we? And then he'd look at his numbers and go, I can't disagree with you. He's, for whatever reason, he strikes out at a precipitous amount and he just isn't a very good offensive baseball player. You can't. You cannot have a team that thinks they're going to contend and run out of rotation of Kyle Hendricks, who's a stud, Adbert Alzali, who I think is going to be good. He's young. And then Zach uh, Davies instead of you, Darvish. And then have Jake Arietta, who is done, beyond done. He looks awful. I hope he finds it in the second half. Alec Mills. Um, I mean, you just look at uh, Trevor Williams from the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's just a garbage rotation. So then you put Jason Hayward, who's hitting a buck seventy something. 
I mean, come on. Jock Peterson? I mean, this is a really, really pedestrian team. So as we uh, start to wrap things up, trade deadline uh, two and a half weeks away, who remains a Cub? Who moves on? Uh, I'm going to say that they're not going to get enough to trade Chris Bryant, so he will finish the season out as a Cub. They'll give him a qualifying offer, which Scott Boris and he will obviously reject, and he'll sign somewhere else as a free agent. Rizzo and Contreras will finish the season as Cubs, and they'll trade Javi Baez and Craig Kimbrell. Interesting. I always felt that Rizzo was kind of the face of the turnaround of the franchise. Is that a fair assessment? It is. He's the face of the franchise. He's amazing in the community. He's put up massive numbers for many years. He's a gold glove defender, but he's 32. They offered him $70 million. He wants Paul Goldschmidt money, and he's not having that kind of year in a walk year. They have opened up the ballpark. We saw that with the Cardinals and the Cubs previous time. It was the reopening or opening day 2.0 for uh, Wrigley. It was just an amazing atmosphere. What have the crowds been like? What do you think fans can expect today? It's packed. It's, despite an 11-game losing streak, there's a lot of people there. You know, post-pandemic, people have money to spend, and people want to get out. And the weather's been nice, so... You know, it's cooled off a lot. It was in the mid-90s the last several days. It's cooled off a lot. I think it'll be back in the 70s over the weekend. It's still going to be Cubs-Cardinals, man. I don't care if your team's not good. I don't care if we've got a former Cardinal named Patrick Wisdom. Might be our best offensive player right now. It's still Cubs-Cardinals at Wrigley. And a final question, David Ross, uh, is he feeling heat at all, or is there heat on him at all? I don't think there's heat, but when you – I think David would tell you when you lose 11 ball games in a row, everybody is going to get abused. Everyone's going to get yelled at and maligned. And that's part of the deal, man. When you make millions of dollars, that goes with the territory. By the way, Dan, I do have to tell you every single time that the Cubs and Cardinals meet, do you know what I watch literally on a daily basis? Cause I have it. Saved on a browser on my phone. I my Tommy, guess, my guess would be probably one of the MVC games that we do. Actually, I kind of put those out of my memory lately. No, I, I figured as much. I, I I like to listen to Tommy Fam take a big lead. Tommy, he's not going to throw over <laughs> Tim McCarver. I hear you go. He just did. Fam <laughs> picked off. That's one of the great moments that I remember from Cubs Cardinals in a long time. That and the Schwarber Grand Slam. It's been a lot of fun. Always fun to go to Wrigley. Hopefully we'll get there sooner rather than later. And, uh, Cap, uh, have a great day. Appreciate your time as always, and uh, let's catch up soon. I look forward to doing basketball with you again, my friend. Many thanks to David Kaplan. He's always fun to visit with, and he is of ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Coming up, we'll talk about the Cubs and Cardinals some more with Brad Thompson of the Fast Lane, and uh, he'll be on the pregame show on the television side today on Valley Sports. And this is the Danny Mac Show on a Friday here on 101 ESPN. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Danny 
Kenny Mack Show on a Friday. And a reminder, it's uh, Cardinals baseball on Valley Sports coming up 1230 with the pregame show. The Cubs and Cardinals from Wrigley. And it's always fun uh, to see those two teams get together, no matter the record. It's cliche, but man, is it true. And I'm sure we have a lot of people uh, probably listening and driving to Chicago as we speak. Uh, in just a moment, I'm going to hear from Brad Thompson. I'm going to uh, bring him into the conversation. He'll be part of the, the pregame show on television. Then you can hear him on uh, the fast lane after the game. Um, it, it was so, I think, unique to hear the perspective of David Kaplan and what's happening with the Chicago Cubs. I mean, you wonder if this is truly the last call for three players who helped the Cubs get to their first world championship in 108 years. Anthony Rizzo. Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, and some others. So we'll find out, and maybe this series this weekend does add to that, especially if the Cardinals can take two of three or three of three, or if that decision has already been made uh, by Jed Hoyer. So let's bring in uh, Brad Thompson of 101 ESPN. Uh, Brad, I am really interested to see from both sides uh, what happens in this series. Great to be with you. Thanks for hopping on, but I'm really interested to see what happens. Yeah, I'm really interested, man. I think that there are so many things, Dan, as you know, that go into this series. One, like like even without looking at the trade deadline, how do the Cardinals ride a little bit of a wave, a little bit of momentum that maybe they got from taking two of three from the Giants, the first place Giants? Like, how do they deal with that? Which is something that uh, I want to see because everybody knows you take two of three, you win a series against a good team. It means nothing if you fall short in the next series. Uh, But from a, a trade standpoint, Look, these are two teams that, while it may seem like they're going in in, uh, in the same direction as, like, the Cardinals are far behind, the Cubs right now find themselves far behind, the, the Cardinals don't feel like sellers. They've never been. They haven't done it before. They feel like they're going to add at the deadline, and the Cubs don't, you know? So um, I, I'm interested. I do think that the fate, and I, I'm interested to know, you know, what you think about this. I think that everything for the Cubs, like the fate is all but sealed. They're going to trade off a couple of the pieces. That's how I feel. I think the Cardinals are going to add, but Dan, like when you look at it, how, how do you see it? Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. You know, somebody said to me, uh, I guess it was on the text line yesterday. They're saying, well, you know, you, you're talking about how the Cardinals are essentially looking at the trade deadline and maybe could add for, you know, pitching and you talk about how the Cubs could be selling off. And to me, it's apples and oranges because when you look at the roster of the Cubs, there's so many free agents and there's so many different guys that you have to look at from Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, some of the pitching that they have. Kimbrell will be the number one guy in the market. And for the Cardinals, they're in desperate need of pitching. They, they've got to find innings. So that, that's why I think it's just different looking at the two and how they, how they match up. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. So it's it's an interesting spot for both teams. And look, not a spot that either team really wanted to be in. But I will say, at least for the Cubs standpoint, I think that this is kind of what they thought was going to happen coming into the season. They knew that they were going to have some turnover, trying to change some things. But either way, like things aren't going great for the Cubs right now. Things are not going perfect for the Cardinals right now, even though they just took two of three from the Giants. But when these two teams go at it, 
it doesn't matter what the records are. It doesn't matter what time uh, it is in the season. There's an energy. There's a vibe. Certainly, that'll be the case this weekend around Wrigley. Man, I'm looking forward to it. I am, too. Um, how about your expectations for the weekend? The way that it, uh, with Martinez out, LeBlanc going today, KK and then Wayno over the weekend. Hendricks is going to pitch at some point. So, uh, you know, how do, how do you like how this sizes up the matchup between the two? Well, I, uh, I'm so happy that in game number one, it looks like you're probably going to get Hendricks uh, today. And uh, look, uh, the, the Cardinals have had his number, Dan. Isn't that right? Do I have mm. my numbers correct? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, no. Hold on. Hold on. I got my numbers flipped. He has had the Cardinals yeah. number uh, throughout his career and ERA in the, in the twos. I mean, he's been so good against them. So you don't, you don't love that matchup. You don't love that anytime. Wade LeBlanc, what a revelation this guy has been. You know, it's, it's one of those things where everybody kind of picks on the idea of uh, Mo uses that low hanging fruit, right? Well, that was low hanging fruit. You had a player uh, that ended up uh, getting, getting uh, designated. You pick him up, but he's come in and thrown strikes. And I think that that's what you have to do. You have to compete. So uh, I'm glad that you're running into this three game series with three starters instead of having to piece it together right now. Wayno uh, on Sunday, looking forward to that KK on Saturday. He looked so good last time out. I mean, Kim being able to battle through uh, seven innings and, and really be efficient in their fifth and sixth inning, Dan, uh, as you remember last time out, he threw 11 pitches total in those two. So I feel like your pitching sets up okay. Uh, Hendricks is going to be a problem today, chances are. But you know what? You you take some good at-bats. You put the ball in play. I do think that the Cardinals' newfound whether you want to call it approach or or view of what they're trying to do of just get on base, hit the ball hard, I think that will pay dividends, especially against Hendricks. Brad Thompson will be on the uh, pregame show on Bally Sports coming up not too far away, 1230, and then you can hear him on the fast lane uh, after the game. And then, uh, well, if you're not a part of the Wayno Trivia Night, you won't see him, but he'll be a part of that coming up uh, later tonight. I, I am curious to see how the club bounces back um, in, in two in two ways, I'm looking at this. One, you took two or three against the Giants, and I know fans don't want to hear this, but they traveled overnight uh, on Wednesday, off day in Chicago, then a day game on Friday. It's not ideal, and just in my experience of watching guys when they travel, a lot of times they don't bounce back all that well, so I am curious about that today. Yeah, the, you always have that, right, from from the West Coast back and, and the long flights. But you know what? The, I think that there's an urgency and I don't want to call it like a desperation around this team, but they understand how important these games are. And I think they understand and, and this staff is preaching. We got to be ready. We got to be for, ready for everything. And it's all hands on deck because while the season, there's time left in the season. There's only a finite amount of time, Dan, to change the front office's mind or shift their view of what this team is and how they approach the trade deadline, right? So it's a great opportunity before the All-Star break. Like You come out and you're firing on all cylinders. Maybe Mo and Gersh look at each other and say, all right, you know what? I like what we got right here. And it's crazy to say that three games is going to shift everything, but you know what I mean? Like, like it's about the impressions that, that you throw out there. So I think the guy's going to be ready. Uh, I think they're, they're motivated. I believe that we saw an energy with this team in San Francisco 
that looked different to me. I think we saw at bats that looked different. There was an aggression within the strike zone, and it's something that they're going to have to build off of before the All Star break. But uh, I expect to see it this weekend. So put on the the GM hat here. If you're the Cardinals uh, and you got Wade LeBlanc in your rotation, no disrespect to Wade, and uh, your best pitcher is going to turn 40 in a little bit. Carlos Martinez is missing a lot of time coming up, it looks like. Flaherty, you're not getting back until early, mid-August. You don't know about Michaelis. So it's not just about the now, but next year. Are you going after some type of pitching to protect yourself for the now and in the future? Yeah, I, I, I have to. The, the The hard part is, right, so the first part, I, I definitely need somebody for the now. Like, I need some sort of a stopgap. So I, I would be inclined, really, if I were the front office, to find somebody on an expiring deal that maybe is making a decent amount of money elsewhere. Maybe that pitcher isn't having a ton of success where they're at. And you look at all the the numbers and say, all right, well, we can – we can flip that or we can change his pitch usage and we can end up getting more out of it. Um, you would love in a perfect world, right, Dan, to be able to acquire somebody. And I'll, I'll use a name that I know is not getting dealt, but but you'll get the idea of like Herman uh, Marquez, right, uh, of the Rockies. Bud Black came out and said, look, I, I know his name has been out there. He's on a crazy team-friendly deal and he's not going anywhere. But if you were going to make a deal for a player like that, then all of a sudden you start sacrificing your future a little bit too. And the Cardinals find themselves in a really weird spot. They're like right in the middle of, yes, we want to add to this team. No, we don't want to add so much that we might be affecting three or four years down the road. It's because the way that they're playing right now, in all fairness to these guys, doesn't scream, add now, add, and this team's going to go win a World Series. So I think they need to add pitching. I know they need to add pitching. I believe they need to add at least a, a one starter, and I think they need to add multiple members in their bullpen if they're able to swing deals like that. But I don't think it's that easy to add a piece with that control, right? Like Kyle Gibson or Jose Barrios. Like, what do you think? When, when you're looking at the guys that have control left, oh, yeah. do you think that the Cardinals are going to be be in the market to pony up the type of prospects that it takes to get those guys. They have the prospects, and everybody knows that they need pitching, and that's the problem. So, you know, you start thinking about where's your leverage. Uh, your leverage is you don't have a lot of it because your pitching is so banged up and it's been nonproductive at times. I mean, these teams aren't idiots. I mean, they know. So, you you know, you're they're not going to say, well, here's Jordan Walker, here's Matthew Libertor, here's – uh, Nolan Gorman, those guys aren't going anywhere. So that's the problem that they have right now. Having said all that, though, Brad, you got to get creative. Teams do get creative this time of year. Other teams also feel a sense of urgency to do something, and that's something that needs to happen. Yeah, no, for, for sure. And maybe the creativity part of it, uh, because everybody's looking for a starter right now. Everybody's looking for pieces. There are more buyers right now than there are sellers. So makes it a seller's market, supply and demand and teams that have these these starters and, you know, pick whoever you want. I mentioned Gibson's name is out there. Barrios's name has been thrown around. Even like Alex Cobb, who I don't know if the Angels are looking to move on or if they're looking to add. But these guys are going to cost a pretty penny as far as prospect currency. You know this, Dan, the easiest thing to acquire at a trade deadline is bullpen help, relievers. Maybe it's guys with expiring contracts or guys making money on, on bad teams or guys having down years. I, I spent way too much time yesterday, and I was talking about it uh, with the guys on the fast lane, digging into the Marlins bullpen. Yeah. And I, found myself, uh, I found myself looking at Anthony Bass 
for way too long. He signed a two-year, $5 million deal with them. He's got a club option for the following year. This is a guy that had like a ground ball rate of 62% last season with Toronto. It's at 38% right now. His uh, slider usage is up. His fastball is uh, harder this year. He's throwing throwing harder. Like that is the I'm not talking saying Anthony Bass is the answer. Go trade for him. But like these are the kind of guys where you look at some of the numbers, you look at the contract attached to a team that does doesn't want to spend any money, and you say, all right, well, can we bring this into our organization and can we tweak it? Can we get him back to the pitch usage and the mechanics and the delivery that he had two years ago? Because we can find value there. I think that the Cardinals' creativity, going back to your, your original question is going to be adding to the bullpen, or at least could be, adding to the bullpen and shortening games for the starters that you end up having. Final question, would you be tempted at some point to bring Libertor up, even if it's in your bullpen, just to get his feet wet? Yeah, at, at some point, but I want him to earn it. So uh, a couple of weeks ago when the Cardinals were, were having their issues and Matthew Libertor had ran off a couple of really good starts in a row and he had just pitched uh, for Team USA in the qualifiers against Nicaragua and then he had a few good starts, I was thinking to myself like, hey, let, let, let's give him a run, you know, let, let's give it a whirl. And one start doesn't make a pitcher by any means. But his last time out against Louisville, uh, he ended up giving up 14 hits uh, in five uh, in four and a third innings of work. Right, like so he 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 struggled a little bit in that one. Here's what I want with Matthew Libertor: I want him to get to a point organizationally where they say we have to have him up. He is forcing our hand, and if we don't have him up here, we are idiots. Like That's where I want them to get, and that's on Matthew. He's only got over just over 160 innings in the minor leagues total in his career, so you'd love to see a tiny bit more seasoning for him, but yes, if he starts throwing the ball really well, and he rattles off two, three, four great starts in a row, yeah, I want to see him, and I think that an arm like that and you've been around Matthew a lot, and I know you had him on the show the other day. Like He is wise beyond his years. I think he's mentally tough uh, enough to deal with struggles or successes at the big league level, but I want him to get to the point where he forces the organization's hand. But I'd be tempted to bring him up, and I'd love to get him some, some reps. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, Brad, thanks for jumping on. Appreciate it. Flying solo here today. BK, of course, on vacation. You know a thing or two about that. And uh, you'll be on the pregame show on Bally Sports at 1230. So I'll see you over in the studio. All right. Sounds good, my man. Thanks for having me. See you in a bit. Hey, Brad, thanks for coming on and uh, see you in a bit. You've been listening to the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors, We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.